Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And of course, with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Flame On. I'm Brian, and I'm here with a lot of people. Say hi, people. Hi. hi. I am not a people. That's everybody, except Pax. Sheep. He's being all, you know, quiet. Mac. All right, so <laughs> let's go uh, clockwise around from me, Pat. What's going on? BJ. Mazel tov. Oral. I made it on time. Woohoo! You, you did. Jared. See her safely to White Forest, Dr. Freeman. Oh, I love when you do that. And we have special guests. If you are a very long-time listener, you remember Evan. Hi, Z's. And introducing on Flame On for the very first time, his lovely partner boyfriend, Carl. Hi. We have a very special segment that plays to <laughs> some of our interests, but especially Carl's later in the show. So we'll get to that. We'll talk more about that then. But we have something we promised many weeks ago that we have not gotten to. And, of course, you've had you know things happening in the last month or so here in Orlando. So it kind of got bumped. But I have not forgotten because I really want to know. <laughs> BJ, how was Frolicon? <laughs> I was great. It's been a while. So I, there was a lot of alcohol and substances involved. So Did you listen to our show? I think you did. Yes. <laughs> well, we basically read the rules of Frolicon. And... You guys just hung out on the, on, the, on like the front page and were like too scared to venture past any other links. I went through the galleries and uh, it was about what I expect. But if you don't remember, go back a couple, like maybe three or four or five. Uh, when it was a full cash recording and we teased Frolicon. Of course, that was when you weren't here because you were there. Of course. And uh, the rules were fantastic. And, and if you are on your phones or if you're on your computers when you're listening to this and you want to pull up Frolicon – it's uh what frolicconshow.com i don't know what's the i think it well i think it's just google frolicon yeah just google frolicon frolicon atlanta about a, almost a year ago some friends of mine from austin uh some old friends of mine from like high school and everything were like hey we're gonna go to frolicon and i'm like what's that uh it's a fetish and kink convention uh for those of you that don't know and yeah, i was wondering yeah <laughs> 
I was like, you know what? Whatever. It's twenty. It's twenty sixteen. I can go do weird things. You're an adult. You can I'm, do weird things, right? Like that's ever stopped you before. Um, but then, so I looked at the website and. <laughs> It's very celebratory. I've been to like a couple of small time like bear events. I've been to some a uh, couple prides and everything like that, and it's completely different from anything like that. If the best way to describe it would be probably the perverted Dragon Con. So, like I think I said, it's like what I imagine happens at Dragon Con at night, but more. But more. Okay. Uh, yeah, but but much much more. Um, <laughs> people in costumes. And some not in costumes or anything at all okay. in the con space. Um, some, some of them have puppets, according to their website. Yeah, there was one or two people with puppets, but they seemed to be just, like, for hanging out with and not really for anything else, oh. for, as far as I know. The main thing about the convention I love the most was the fact that there's a panel every hour for three days straight. The first day, there was probably a total number of 60 panels. That's a lot of panels. On anything and everything. Give us your favorite, like, group. Uh, I gotta say my, uh, the, the, uh... I'll just start shaking my head now. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Um, the flogging panel. Okay. I actually learned a ton in that. Really? Um, and the, the two people in the panel were actually from Orlando. Okay. And they do classes regularly. Give me one thing you took away from the flogging panel. Um, Florentining? I'm sorry. What? Like uh, chicken? Like like a like a technique. It, the the thing is, I thought flogging was whipping. They're apparently two different things. So, because I was like, I'm I don't want to be whipped by nobody. And then when I actually went to the panel, I was like, oh, okay, that's that's acceptable. So, what does florentining mean? Um, you kind of take both of your hands while holding a flog, and you kind of twirl them mm-hmm. in a way where the flogs graze you. Ah. And so, what's the difference the difference between uh, is it just uh like a rhythm yes it's like it's a it's a, it's very well, rhythmic. Goes, I, I can't do that then yeah uh-huh. it's oh no it's it's like that was in flog that was in flogging 201 that was the advanced rhythm. class the the flogging rhythm uh florentining technique it was i was like oh, okay that seems oh, okay no i so can't until you get to 201 it's just whipping uh no actually whipping is a snap okay. so whipping uh, yeah okay. there's different I, all right. Yeah, there's a whole list of things, and one of my favorite lines uh, from that from that panel was uh, she's she's just giving you safety tips, and she's just like, now I understand everybody has their thing, everybody does things differently. If you hit the stomach continuously, and I don't care if you have a six pack or a twelve pack, you will vomit, and that's called rainbow play, and that's a completely different panel. Oh boy, that's so, called rainbow play. Yes. There's a name for that. Oh my god, I love it. Did you go to the Virgin Sacrifices panel? No, I missed the I missed the, the Virgin Sacrifice. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> it was I, packed. It it was actually pretty that was pretty busy. There was a lot of first timers and all my friends Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, you beat me to the punch and I'm proud of you. <laughs> what was the other one? There's a fisting panel. Okay. Um a very lovely couple. Now, demonstrated. To demonstrated. So, was her name Sasha? Oh <laughs> no! Did she ride a scooter into the panel? No. So, um, the the interesting thing about that is, so so every panel I went to, everybody was very just like, you may think it's done this way, but it's not. Um, so with the fisting panel, it's push open the door, don't poke the bear. So the what? Um, push push the door open, don't poke the bear. 
Interesting. Push the door. So I want to get back to this. Was this <laughs> the, a the live demonstration with the two <clears throat> partners? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Were there tarps involved? Yes. Uh, so, um, then there was there was like a medical panel. There was medical. Um, wait, wait, yes. wait. That was after the fisting. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. How to save a prolapsed colon? <laughs> how to how to keep from getting one? Oh. Proper proper first aid. No, it was literally it was like proper how to first be a aid. Prolapse. Oh, <laughs> love it. Oh, oh, oh. Um, but there was like a medical panel on because. Um, a lot of people had questions like, you know, if I use this flog on this person, is it now biologically bounded to them? You know, you don't, do you want to share that sort of thing? And they answered all those types of questions about toys and proper cleaning techniques and like horror stories on what happens if you don't clean things properly. Um, first aid, just all, all these interesting things that you don't think could happen, but you know, a misplaced bottle of lube and a slight slip and, you know, then you're at an awkward moment in the hospital. Oh, well, you'll be on that cool show where they have the sex accidents. Oh, uh, that's on like Discovery Health. Uh, it is the most ridiculous reenactments. <laughs> sex sent me to the ER. Yeah, it's a great IMTV show. Profile. But that's Sandy's life, though. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Oh, Sandy, we But I need to know one thing: was there a bounce house? We saw there was a bounce there house. There were pictures yes. of a bounce house. There there was a bounce house in the dungeon at, on a I can't remember the theme night for that one. It may have been the free for all night. So it, yes, the the dungeon had theme nights also. And did you did you manage to stay out of the whip lane? The whip yes. lane. That's yes. I remember what it was called. No, like the whip lane. There's so so a quick rundown of the dungeon is pretty much it's just a convention area. Where there's like crosses set up and all sorts of tarps and stuff, and there's certain areas for certain things, and there's a whip lane. So there's a whole area for people who want to get whipped or flogged, and if you stand within that tape, it is fair game. You may get clipped, you may get, you know, you may get full on hit. There were specific rules that said if this happens, it needs to be in the whip lane, or if you're in the whip lane, Something. Yes. I, we read all these rules a couple of times. It's if, you're, if your whip is longer than three feet, That's you it. must use the whip lane. Yep. Um, I went to what I thought was a panel on biting. Uh, it was a vampire play panel, ah. which was actually like a sub-dom subculture where it's vampire prey or vampire vampire. And I was like, oh. You went to a fangbanger convention? <laughs> Do they serve true blood? It okay. No, they, so, I, I guarantee you, they're probably like. So you guys probably have seen that show, right? So it's so, nothing like that. Yeah, so <laughs> actually, let's hop in our time machines and go a little bit further back uh, to interview with the vampire. Uh, of course, and then you have the demographic. Oh boy, for that one. So you went to a vampire masquerade. Got so. Oh my god! Did you like do the? Rochambeau to determine who gets the, the bite. Well, I was I was like, okay, well, I don't I don't think this is for me. Um, which was good because then I went to they had a roundtable discussion on body image. Oh, oh, good. That one was fan- absolutely fantastic. Sure. Um, the uh, two of the people in the panel that that kind of started this discussion um, were actually counselors. So it was it was very it was very enlightening because uh, two of my friends were there and I was sitting there and they were like, oh hey, and I was like, oh. And and at one point nobody wanted to share, and I was just like, "Are we all just looking at each other? Like, what the hell are you doing here at the body image panel? Because all of you look fantastic." And everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's kind of 
weird sharing that sort of thing with people you think, you know, that you think you would think they would think they look good. Um, so that was really good. That was actually, um, so there's a lot of little things like that. Um, the con space, all the con spaces are clothing optional. Mm -hmm. The rule list, like, I, I don't think I ran into a situation where anybody was mean. Anybody was like, um, breaking any of the rules. Everybody was pretty much in line with everything that the convention provided, and uh, it was just really, it was actually a very positive experience. It was really nice. Um, the room parties were absolutely sick. Um, we had yeah, good sick, good sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had the no rainbows there. No, no rainbow play. Well, trouble from, rainbow from the parties <laughs> I went to. <laughs> what is it? Um, they had a medieval party, and they had a costume contest. Uh, they had an American Horror Story hotel party. Oh, ho, ho. and yes, there were three or four drildos. I was gonna say, um, yeah, a couple of vampires, and they had a bat dance party. And this one was probably my favorite, where somebody had made the um, Purple Rain mixed drink. Uh huh. And they played Purple Rain on one screen upstairs in the su in the suite, and they played the bat dance song on a loop downstairs and at one point they had a couple of people dressed like batman and the joker line up and like women would like crawl out of the room and i was like oh wow this is this is hitting my limit it was but it was fantastic Did was someone get on a float and throw wads of money at gotham city <laughs> there was somebody there was somebody dressed as the float like in the same weird suit of course there was. oh yeah did you recognize anybody from hbo's real sex seriously I think they had a they think that one year like they signing had autographs. They had like some of the counselors or who like you know if you some somebody who ran a shop that was featured in there uh, previous years they had some talks by some people. Um so it was it was fantastic. I'm going okay. again. It all was right. absolute it was a blast. It's it sounds fascinating. I'm glad you shared it with us cuz we were all very curious <laughs> what happened. Uh so in a no not really somewhere at all in a much more Normal event. Bear week was last week. <laughs> Is it normal though? <laughs> no, <we're kidding. laughs> so, so yeah, um, <laughs> he's got a fur ball. <laughs> normal. Um, I mean, we only had horse meat disco. It's absolutely nothing in comparison to the whip lane and bouncy houses and fisting panels. I would have loved the bouncy house at the bear week though. I I, I, would have I want a bouncy house. Period. Can we put one in the backyard? There's, ah. not, there's not room. Whoa! Havoc Careful. says yes. <laughs> For your birthday? So, is all good for a trampoline or bouncy house. So this was my first bear week, even though I could have gone last year and got sick and missed it. Uh, Pat, this is what, your fifth? My fifth bear week. Uh, for those of you who do not know, bear week is a little over a week, right? Seven day uh, period in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Eight, eight, nine, something like that. So Provincetown, if you've never been there on the Cape, is a beautiful little small town very liberal, very free, a little touristy in some places, but it's overall... An, it's an artist town. It was founded as a place where free spirits and artists could gather and create. Hippies. Sounds pretty gay. Went there before they went to Plymouth. Yes. There, in fact, there's a Plymouth monument there. It looks like something <laughs> out of Italy. So throughout the season, and the season is like, you know, the summer, basically, extended summer, they, uh, they host different groups. And so there's like your, what? What were some of the groups you told me about? Well, there's Girl Splash, there's Family Week, there's Baby Dyke Weekend. Girl Splash. There's um, 
Pride, which is also the circuit week. And they, it kind of cycles through, and a lot of these groups come through multiple times over the course of the year. But Bear Week is uh, by far the largest and most lucrative week or period of time for the town of Provincetown. Everybody loves the bears because they drink and they eat. And they spend money. They Cash spend money. money. Uh, so uh, we stayed in this lovely place called the Sea Glass Inn. It was very nice. A little up the hill from the rest of the stuff, but we got a lot of walking. Got a lot of Pokemoning, at least I did. Uh, it is a daily event you have to go to if you go to Barry called Tea Dance. Mm-hmm. It's at the boat slip. Or you go to P Town anytime during the season. And they have the tea dance? Yeah. yeah. Um, beautiful little like outdoor pool area, lots of drinks, cash only, but very good. In fact, that's where they, the Planner's Punch comes from, right? I, I don't know if it comes from there. It's basically, I don't even think they actually call it Planner's Punch anymore. But it's like the the way that it's made there is the boat slips way of making it. If you go to any other bar, you can get rum punches, but they're not made the same way or with the same booze. Nor do they have the 151 poured down the straw, which is always mm-hmm. phenomenal. Wakes you up. Um, they also have a lot of artists in residence, and especially during Bear Week, they bring in specific performers. So we saw several uh, Bear Week specific people, and then. Or at we, least, at least we, one specific. We saw one Bear Week specific performer, um, and the rest of them all have summer residencies in Provincetown for, for this year. So the specific one is Matt Alber, which I think we've talked about on the show. I love you, Matt Alber. He's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Came to Bear Bus last year. One of the strongest vocalists and musicians, I think, in that circuit. Uh, just, just so talented. Played with a fiddle player from L.A., I think, named Keith. Yeah, the violinist has done a lot of work. He's played for or played with Beyonce, and he's played with like he has a very extensive um, resume. Matt, last year when I saw him, um, kind of went into it a little bit more. I think he was more concerned about time this year because sometimes the shows can run a little long. Um, so he didn't really talk as much, didn't really talk about Keith as much. He just was like, "I'm just gonna talk less and play more for you." So. Uh, he is an extremely talented violinist, and uh, it was an amazing show. We also saw one of the seasonal people there, Well Strung, which is a four-person string quartet. They're awesome. Three violins, one cello, uh, all gay men, very uh, funny, the good performers, great musicians, and they would play mostly covers of pop songs and or remix, not remixes, but mashups, mash-ups with classical, traditional violin mm-hmm. music. Uh, very good, very good, um, very entertaining. And then the drag queens that are there, normally every season, what Varla Jean's there, right? Yeah, I think she said it was her 17th summer in Provincetown. Um, and her show, if you've never seen Varla Jean, she's hilarious. Like, this show was a little white music, which was great, <laughs> and also exactly of what you expect. Of course it was for you, Brian. No, Can you really think an entire show of Wilson Phillips? <laughs> no, l- let me just say that she starts out the show. Now, if you are not going to Provincetown this summer, you have until about November to see this show, because it does um, veer into the political side of it towards the end. The last little bit of it um, is very heavily about Trump. So Varla has said, or when, when I was talking to Varla uh, early in the week, uh, she was like, yeah, it's a great show. I'm glad we wrote it, but it really is only going to work until November. And then after November, I have to write a new show. And normally she does a show for an entire year. And then summer in Provincetown is where 
the new show will debut and that's when she'll take you know through the next the next year with her uh but the show starts with her singing to new kids on the blocks uh right stuff oh my god running down or not running but sauntering down the main aisle to start the show dressed as a saltine (laughs) wow oh yeah basically it's a we're doing white stuff baby yeah it's and it just yeah the the first half of the show for me was just joke after joke after joke that landed all of them fucking landed um and then once you get a little bit like about halfway or so into the show it starts to develop a little bit more not of a plot but it, it then draws out some of the jokes where it's like let's get the premise that we're just gonna play off of um kind of this whole like white privilege thing and get these jokes in and at one point her assistant brings out a table of wigs oh, Jesus. and she does little snippets of really white music so the first wig she puts on and it's she talks about uh, a a gentleman from uh, from England and starts then to, she proceeds to then sing some of uh, never gonna give you up so just Rick Astley into uh, it's just Olivia Newton John I think at one point and then there's one more wig still on the table and she's like we'll save the Anne Murray for later it just yeah it's it, it was a fantastic show Varla is just one of those drag queens that is so funny and her music and she writes like her show I mean she has writers who help her but she is a great writer of song parodies and her piano player I forgot his name um Gerald Gerald also excellent like that's what's nice about this show both this and then the next another show we saw which was um Jinx Monsoon with major scales very similarly does uh, kind of an extension of what Jinx and, and Major Scales did with the Vaudevillians, where they take music and they appropriate and all that, but without the plot from the Vaudevillians. They've kind of they've left that whole "we're from the past, this is our music" thing, which because they don't need it anymore. But they do the same shtick, and also delved into the political, got into the whole Trump thing, and was really funny. I didn't find it as strong as the Vaudevillians. It was funny, but Jinxy can drink a little. Oh yeah, she does. You know. Things start to veer a little off course sometimes. Water and you just off go, the duck's back. Yeah. Water <laughs> off the duck's back. Finally, I will say, probably the best show of the whole thing for me, mainly because it was surprising, was Trixie Mattel's show. And I say that only because Trixie, we've never really seen her do this kind of thing. This is, her, I think, her first show ever. So for, yeah, it's her first uh, written show. And I'm telling you right now, not only is it really funny. I mean, Trixie's funny, but she does great stand-up. It's mostly stand-up. She does a song parody in there to a track, and that was pretty good. But then she whips out a, a guitar and plays this acoustic number she wrote when she had just broken up with her boyfriend. Hmm. And it's a legit good ballad, sad, affecting, not funny, and just sincere. And then she goes right back into the comedy, and it just shocked us. I think the whole room was like, whoa. Hard left. Whoa. Hard left. But it worked. It was I, I was. Sincere. I wanted to buy it on iTunes yeah. right after. That's how – and I'm – I'm fussy with drag queen music. Mm. That was straight up. Well, no, like I, I really like every queen has a fucking single out now. And right. most of them are just shit. You know, like whatever. Mm. You know, uh, once I heard, wait a minute. Are you, we'll get to you that. know, we'll get to it. Um, <laughs> I did see one queen and she did a number called Boom Boom off of her new EP. I saw her perform it at Parliament House. Then I saw... Then I saw someone who, who did a wonderful job, and I love her. And she should have, she didn't make it into the top three, but she should have. 
And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. Who? Was it Chi-Chi Devane? Chi-Chi was great. Oh. oh. Who did... I don't know who you're well, talking about. Let me just say about. this about Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi oh. was in uh, DC, and she's a phenomenal dancer and whatnot, but she was focused on getting those dollars, girl. Like, <laughs> she was standing in the crowd Good. for like an extra five minutes after the song, collecting the money. You basically, if her song was four minutes, the first two and a half minutes were her dancing and stuff, and the rest of it was her just standing there taking dollar bills out of the She ain't dance. stupid. Get the no. money now. Get the money while you can. Amen. Well, that's no. what Bob left the stage last night with people still lined up on the sides away to give her money. She's like, I got that $100,000 check. I'm good right now, booze. I'll be back later. <laughs> so I will just say, if you have a chance to see Trixie perform both at, uh, at P-Town this whole summer or anywhere she takes the show, you've got to see it because it's really, really good, really funny. It's I'll... called it's called Ages 3 and Up. That's right. So this keep an awesome. eye out for nice. it. Um, we also played uh, Pokemon Go with her, which is always fun because she went to the Jinx show as well. And she helped me catch uh, Snorlax at the venue where Jinx was. Yeah, uh, I was I like, you get that Snorlax? I'm like, no. Oh, I'm standing God. there waiting to talk to Varla, and I've got Brian on one side of me trying to catch a Snorlax. And then I look to, my, I, I look to the other side, and there's Trixie like, just throwing Pokeballs at it. I'm like, then, where have I ended up? And then giving me shit and saying she's going to slap me if I don't get the Snorlax. I'm like, Because she got know. it in like one or two tries, she's and it took you five tries. Listen. Anyway, all right. So we also we cut our Bear Week trip. Was there anything else about Bear Week? One time It's amazing. Book your stays now. Um, rooms are already pretty much filling up or full up in some of the prime locations. Uh, we have our room for next year. Carl so and Evan. Do we. Yes, you're welcome for the great tip. Oh, yeah, on where to stay? Thank you for the tip. <laughs> Just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> now, now I have a question. Oh, yeah. Does anybody? At Bear Week, look normal because all the pictures you send. Everybody looks normal. It, it just depends on what you consider normal. Body image. That's an yeah, amazing yeah. answer, Carl. Yeah, yeah. No, there. Yeah, no. Does everybody look like a bodybuilder because no. all your pictures. Everybody look like a bodybuilder. Well, wait, well, bitch, you, of course, because that's who I'm. That's who I'm taking pictures of to oh, them. Yeah. Did you follow Facebook? Comic Book Bears? Because I posted all their stuff and they were just shirts. I was interested in what cool shirts and they're all. Kinds that of doesn't people. answer his question at no, all. All kinds of people. <laughs> oh, okay. shirts. There are a lot of muscle bears. Of course. Yeah. Because that's what people like, and people go see that, or they all work out. But, but a lot everyone's of, there. Everyone. It's very, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. A lot of, I think, mix. A, there was a, a greater influx of muscle bears starting in 2010, um, because that's when Lazy Bear was canceled, and the muscle bears migrated from the West Coast to the East Coast. And that was actually, I think, the height of Bear Week attendance was 2010. Where it was between, I've heard numbers ranging from eight thousand and ten thousand people in that town. What is it normally? Um, I think between four and five. Wow, so it's like almost double. Yeah, no, it was intense. It was my first year. That was my first year. I walked into it, it was like, "What the fuck just happened?" And can I stay here for the rest <laughs> He's of my walking life? Walking down Atlantic Avenue, and it looks like a sweater is just approaching him. <laughs> it's it was absolutely amazing. I um, got to see Brian Sims. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll get to that. We have the same birthday. Just saying. Oh, <laughs> he. Um, but yeah, it's it, that I think started more of an influx of muscle bears. But you run the gamut of all different types, all different body types, all different ages. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of opinion pieces about the racist angle of Bear Week, and I, especially this year. I did not see, like, 
you can turn you can turn the situation however you want to. You can you can have that opinion piece however you want to. But I think I saw, especially like at T dance, I saw a lot more diversity than ever. And I think that's because you have groups that are like, fuck this. I don't care. You know, like I'm going to go and I'm going to have fun and I'm just going to. And there were just, like so many awesome groups of people just wandering through like and our friend Chris, who went with us, it was his first time also said to me, I'm starting to doubt that you're actually a New Yorker because when I get to P-Town, I'm like, I'm talking to everybody. I'm saying hi to people just walking down the street <laughs> because it's such. And I mean, like a lot of the people that. You have your locals that are still there. and I mean, people are just a lot friendlier there. It's just that environment. You're not having that, like, hustle bu- hustle and bustle of the city. You're not having that, like, move out of my way. I need to get somewhere. It's very laid back, yeah. And, you know, like, just kind of walking yeah. through, um, met a bunch, of, a bunch of bears of all different ethnicities. Brian made a new friend, our friend Young. Yeah, he was very nice programmer, so we were talking. Is he a panda bear? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, don't know if you would go I like how you ask out of politeness. <laughs> I don't know if you would consider that like a thing. But uh, and then Eugene in the last day who had that awesome Barra shirt on. Uh, I don't think I posted a picture yet, but um yeah, uh, graphic artist from uh, Boston. Mm. I didn't get his name because around the time that I came back over and you were talking to uh-huh. them, yeah. my goal on Friday was to see Brian Sims again. Oh, and as soon as I walked back into the group with Young and Eugene and and Brian and Chris and all of them. I walk back up, and not ten seconds later, I see Brian Sims coming through the crowd at sea. Because I'd given up at that point. I'm like, Cutting we're going through, for our last little bit. His entourage. Mm-hmm. Was well, somebody from? I guess somebody grabbed his hand and was like, "There are people from from Philadelphia over here. Come here!" And they grabbed him and were leading him through tea. And I jumped up and down and squealed a little. <laughs> um, it happens, and then proceeded to just follow them through the crowd until they got to the point where like he went and said hello to everybody, and then I waited my turn patiently like i took a little number at the at the counter was waiting <laughs> and then i uh, got to chat with him for a little bit and he remembered me for meeting him last year with uh with his partner brandon former partner a former oh they did break up yeah Ooh, he's single so here's oh. a funny story oh boy Ooh. last year uh evan and i went with another couple to p-town the last weekend of bear week through to the next uh weekend girls and we went to tea dance and we were going to be cooking dinner. Um, and Brian Sims was coming over for dinner. And, um, so we cooked dinner and Evan really wanted to meet Brian Sims. And, um, but he needed to take a nap after being at tea dance because I understand he had a little bit too much tea. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and now you're just spilling it all over the yes. table. And so we're getting ready for dinner and I'm trying to wake Evan up. And he's like, I just need like 30 more minutes of sleep. And eventually I give up trying to wake him up. And then at about 11 o'clock at night, I go upstairs and Evan's like, "Eh, good morning. And I'm like, he's like, is Brian here? What's for dinner? I said, oh, you missed dinner, honey. Brian left 30 minutes ago. (laughs) Needless to say, I was extremely upset because I was like, what? You didn't wake me up? He's like, I tried. And I was like, I have no recollection of you trying to wake me up. So I was upset. Aww. Aww. So that's our story from last year. Nice. But we got the same birthday. <laughs> but Brian Sims is a uh, great advocate for uh, LGBT rights in in Philadelphia. And pretty. So, so handsome. I told Brian I was like, if I, if, I, if I see him, I'm going to squeal and run away towards him. And it's true. Don't, don't be upset or offended. I'll be back. 
it's funny walking with Pat and Bear Week because what you have to understand is he knows a lot of people. Or even if it's just from like, you know, Bear Week's past or wherever, but like we could not walk down commercial without about every few minutes. Oh, where'd Pat go? Oh, he's talking to someone. Oh, hi. Hey, I'm so okay. Nice. Okay. And then bye. I'm a a social bear. Very social. It was, it was interesting. Um, so yeah, that was it, right? Yeah. So moving on to, to what we now want to talk about, which is why we cut our bear week short to come back to see Bob, the drag queen perform at Parliament House. Bob, the drag queen. Can she turn it? Bob, the drag queen. Yes, she can. Purse first? Purse first. That's her other thing. Though. That's, that's like, her, her, video, her video, her video jingle. Like that's her intro. Now jingle. let me get this out of the way. I love Bob's Bob. Purse, I'm purse. glad she won RuPaul's Drag but. Race. <laughs> I really enjoy Slave for You and some of the other YouTube videos I've seen of her performance. What she did last night at Parliament, at least at ten o'clock, was not that. It was purse first with dancers who were really good. The dancers who were good. Were amazing. No, the dancers are great. I realize that I think purse first is not my favorite song ever. It's kind of vacuous. It's not really. A have song. you li- have you listened to the lyrics? The lyrics are yeah. They're they're. It's not. I should have realized it before, but I just never paid attention. First verse, of first. Verse. It's yeah. It's gonna get worse. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Listen to the first verse of first verse. It's it's funny. It's, it's second verse. Only gonna get worse. Wow. But I mean, it I tells think, you in the lyrics. I think it's oh, self-referential wow. because she realizes that it's. Not only her song to cash in, but it's also ridiculous. And so she's kind of doing that deliberately. When you weren't listening to the lyrics, did you just assume that she was like quoting Foucault and like, <laughs> like oh, I didn't realize she wasn't thinking of all our intellectual. I just expected more from Bob. But that's my, that's not the thing. So so what I did really enjoy is so the first show I didn't care for. But what I did. Oh, and then she talked for what, like 10 minutes? Basically thanking everyone, and, and instead of performing again another song or just doing more of that, she it was talked. like four minutes, but it's all right. No, it like, seems a little no, longer. How do you not like Purse Purse? It's fun. It's and it's very it gets in your head. Oh, is it? See, I don't. It's very you know that Yeah, like that's that's, that's okay. a New York thing. Yeah. And then that's the a, Chicago that's Duck a Dance, Queen of the Ballroom. Yeah. There we go. Haven't you watched Paris is Burning? It's been a while. Honey. Oh, Look oh at my the God. skin, darling. Look, Look at this. Touch, touch this. this skin. Touch all of this skin. <laughs> you just can't take it. You're nothing but an overgrown <laughs> orangutan. I gotta go back and watch it again. Now, at the midnight show out at the pool stage, she did bring out OGC, Orlando Gay Chorus. She did a very touching... Um, oh, God, what song was it? I, I cry, cried. She, Let it be from across the universe. Yeah. Thank you. And it lip sync. And the gay chorus was there to hold up plaques of the 49 people that lost lives. And I did see Drew's. I made sure to find that one. Um, but uh, no, that one was much better. Although, good God, Parliament needs to get their lighting together on that outdoor stage. You could not see her. It was bad. Like the where she stood. And this happens to other performers no matter what their skin to tone is. deep in that stage. Yeah. It's, be, if you're yeah. up on the front, oh, yeah. they don't. the lighting's awful. And Chantel was there with us and she's yelling at the – anyway. But it was really nice and she did a picture with the gay chorus and – Several of our friends were in the chorus, and it was really sweet. So I really, I'm glad she came. I wish she had done more of the stuff that I had seen her do on YouTube that I was really excited about seeing in person. So I would love to see her again and see more of that. But you know, for for her or for not her first Orlando, she was here for Pride last year, which I remembered hearing about, but I don't think she 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 just did Pride the parade, right? She didn't. I don't think she performed at any of the bars. No, she performed. She performed at the Church Street Festival that they had with oh, Ginger the Minj. Okay. Oh, that's right. Um, but I'm really glad she was here and Parliament was packed. Oh my God. It was the most I've seen hundreds and hundreds in, of people. in a long time. And probably since like the last, like probably, probably since the white party, you think maybe 
See, I always thought Gay Days was like, oh Gay Days, yeah Gay Days. Yeah. How many pictures did she take? She must have taken three hundred pictures. Uh no, it was actually just under one hundred and fifty that I did. All right. Uh, but they, I think they capped it off. And you had a great Carl. You had a great time lapse of that. I don't know if Pat saw that yet, but uh, like that was really cool. And just seeing them kind of zip up. And Darcel was, you know, she was trying to get through that shit. Yeah, she was. She was like on it, on it, on it. Uh, which normally shows up. So I mean, I, I don't know. I had, I had, like I guess, mixed feelings about the whole thing. But overall, I was glad she was there. I was glad I saw it. I enjoyed the ten o'clock show immensely. Um, there was a lot of effort put into doing a performance like that with dancers not just have like the dancers dancing around her but to actually do like choreographed dancing with them in a relatively short period of time to like rehearse that those are people from orlando that she's friends with or at least one of them was her friend that lives in orlando and he i think got some other people it was still great i'm glad she's here i hope she comes back and we get to do more so yeah we've talked a lot about random cool things but now we're gonna get back into fun stuff like television just for a little bit. Uh, Oral and I have been watching Preacher. I have. I know many people out there are big Preacher fans from the comics. And uh, some of them are not very happy. I've heard that. Um, I have no no real knowledge of Preacher. I've read the first issue. It's always one of those things where I've always meant to go back and read it. Exactly. I just never had the, the time or I forgot. Uh, so, like, I'm watching it. Uh, the actress... Um, her last name is Nega. Uh, oh, who plays Ruth, Tulip? Ruth. Ruth, Ruth Nega. She is hilarious and smart, and I, I love how she's portraying this character that I have no knowledge about. Um, the actor who plays Cassidy uh, was on Misfits, uh, Joseph Gillen, and I just, I think he's super dreamy, so. Of course you do. Uh, I, he's really funny, too. And then I love the main guy, uh, Dominic Cooper. I really like him from, oh, uh, from, uh, Agents of Shield. Yeah, uh, from uh, Carter, Agent Carter. And he's in the uh, Warcraft movie. Is he? Yep. Oh, I did hear that. Uh, but his preacher, like, when I, I read the first trade, but years ago, way back, and I vaguely remember it. I, overall, I think the show's fine. There's definitely some rough spots, and there's definitely, like, you're like, where are you going with this? What's going on? Okay, this is more of an epic. They're building the world out and all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, I haven't finished the first season that you have. Did you feel no, satisfied? No, it hasn't, it, hasn't, it hasn't finished. Oh, I thought it finished. I thought it finished. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, mm. all right. Well, did you feel, so far with what you've seen, do you feel satisfied with what? It's fine. Like, I don't think that it's, like, one of my favorite shows to watch. Yeah. Um, but I watch it when I'm waiting for Killjoys or Dark Matter <laughs> to come on. Oh, they're so good. Sci-Fi has stepped up their game. Oh. Of course they have. So um, when we get a chance, I would like to do like a we'll do like a preacher book review and kind of mm-hmm. contrast it because especially after the end of the first season, I want to go back and see what they've done differently. But um, but it, it's been renewed, so we'll be talking about it more when it comes back. And uh, it's definitely one of those shows that if you like angels and demons and religion and some not political but just small town craziness in Texas, you you got to check it out. I think the rest of the shows we're going to talk about later, just in the interest of time. But we do have, again, we have a special our special guests here. And Carl, Carl is not only now, you know, from D.C. or lives in D.C. with Evan, but actually is involved in the politics. The politics. The politics, right. just like the internets. Now, we don't get into politics too often on Good this show. Good for you. <laughs> I am fa- fairly passionate about it at times. I definitely have been more, of an, more involved in the past than, than I am right now, but... Since Carl's here, I thought we should dip into the world of politics for a little bit. 
Um, I think we should start first off with the Trump Pence thing because that just happened. The Trumpets. The Trumpets. Which <laughs> did? Do you guys see the whole Trump is a uh, fart in English, and Pence is penny? <laughs> so it's cheap that fart. Penny for your farts. Uh, or reverse that. Anyway, so like. <laughs> the whole logo rollout, which is now been rolled back in, I guess. Yeah, they took the logo out of it. Um, the icon out of it. If you've not seen it, it is a T violating the hole in a P. That's right. I, lo- I like the adjective on that. I mean, it's the, sticking the through verb. it. Not in a way that is pleasant. Come through. That's, Come through. That's why I'm doing this. Out exactly. And they have, there have been great animated GIFs and videos and things. <laughs> That illustrate that very well. I think that Planned Parenthood put a condom on it at one point too. Excellent. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Oh, the gift. Uh, the gift is awesome. So, okay. And I don't know. I don't even know where to start with this. First of all, so you know who Pence is? He's governor of Indiana. He's the extremely conservative three-year governor of Indiana. He's been governor for three years. Prior to that, he was a backbencher, right-wing congressman from Indiana, who used to have also a radio show, I believe. Yeah, he he is not just right-wing. He is a virulent, vicious, anti-gay, homophobic asshole. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I what, heard his what radio other, show. What other things is he against? Well, for one thing, in the year 2000, he wanted to convert AIDS funding into conversion therapy funding. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember yeah, that Donald one. Trump's building a giant big tent uh, for all the homophobes to uni- unify. And the party platform that has been released for the RNC reflects that as well right yeah the the log cabin republicans uh, <laughs> yeah they have they, <laughs> they exist it's sad but they exist uh they have said that it is the most homophobic platform of all time and then he picks pence and i'm like way to flex your muscle guys yeah. way to do a good job log cabin and the only thing that makes sense that I've heard, even though I guess there was some last minute, possible last minute confusion or questioning, second, uh, what is that called? Uh, second guessing. Second guessing. Uh, buyer's remorse, maybe, is that this will shore up the evangelical credentials of the Trump campaign, who many evangelicals still are suspect about his background. And, like, they don't trust him. And well, they're that's all for what, Cruz. The leadership of the evangelical movement might be, but evangelical voters love Trump. The politicized evangelical wing of American politics was always about race, okay? Uh, In the 1960s, when they first started getting them politically active, it was around busing and the implementation of the 64 and 68 Civil Rights Acts. So it is no surprise that the most virulent, anti-gay, racist, anti-immigrant, xenophobic, hate monger that the Republican Party has nominated in generations would be pulling huge percentages of the evangelical vote. The only reason that Pence is there is because he is like the spawn love child of the movement, and the leadership of the movement needs to be invested in it for him to really do well. Remember that old saying, you reap what you sow? I mean, they've sown, and this is what you reap. That was was a quote from uh, uh, Stephen King, talking about how the Republican Party sowed dragon's teeth, and lo and behold, a dragon was born. (laughs) With a beautiful gold mane. (laughs) Um, So, you know, and then the news prior to the Trump-Pence thing, of course, which happened while we were in Bear Week, was the Bernie Sanders, the inevitable, okay, I'm supporting Hillary Clinton, which he said he would, Aeons ago, and so people were shocked and gnashing their teeth when he did so. But we all basically expected this to happen. Right. No one really gave the thought that he was going to go off and 
go with Jill uh, Stein and, and do the Green Party or lead an insurrection, insurrection at convention. And I still see articles pop up in my feed from friends who are like, well, this is the perfect strategy. Here's how he's going to come around and get the nomination. I'm just like, oh, come on. Stop. Stop. But um, side note, do you know um, – You actually, you wouldn't know this – there was a convention happening the same time as MegaCon, like our big oh, like Comic Con ass right. convention. The Libertarians were here yes. in the oh, yes. same host hotel. I mean, which which <laughs> convention was full of more people into fantasy? You know what? The best part about it was there came a point where I didn't know who was who, and yeah. literally I'm just like, oh, there are a lot of little white people in dresses and skirts and suits, and now I see some Sailor Scouts and. Now I'm in the middle of it, and I don't know which one is libertarian. Libertarians. You know what? What got me is that Berman Supreme was there as well. <laughs> and so, like Berman Supreme standing there, there's some people in like culottes. There are um, there are some yeah, there are some Power Rangers walking past. I'm like this this pretty much. Those guys it. are actually running for Congress. On yes, the yes, under yeah. the Libertarian ticket. Like I was, it, mm, no, no. As much as you hate Hillary Clinton. Sometimes, and it's it's terrible to say this because everyone should have the right to vote and you know vote their conscience, but toe the fucking line. It's called grow the f up. You don't get everything you want. Nope, toe the line. You will never elect somebody that represents everything that you're passionate about. But this election is about more than any one person. I mean, if Donald Trump is elected president, Hispanic people are going to feel the brunt of it. Middle class white folks are going to be just fine. Uh, Muslim people are going to feel it. LGBT people are going to feel it. Women are going to feel it when Trump defunds Planned Parenthood and penalizes women that have abortions. So yeah, a middle-income white person is not going to feel it like they are. And you know, at the end of the day, if Trump squeaks by, you can explain to your Hispanic, African American, okay. LGBT, Muslim, female friends that you were just voting your conscience. Mm-hmm. But libertarianism is is hilarious because feel the Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I gladly, right? The first few minutes that you talk to a libertarian, you're like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You, you support porn and marijuana, and, and you think the government should get out of the bedroom. Oh, good for you. Uh, yep. And then and they start comes. saying, like, and frankly, why do we pay for taxes that build roads? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs schools? Yep. And you're like, okay, you've lost me. Cue the, cue the Twilight <laughs> yeah. Zone music. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, oh, no. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're wacky. I mean, they're basically people that read The Fountainhead in, in junior high school and uh. decided this is my political philosophy and never grew up. Can yeah. we can we invite our neighbors over? Yeah, they uh, yeah. they feel the, the big Gary Johnson. That's the signs. only Gary Johnson yard sign that's ever been manufactured. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, and they who have is Gary Johnson. I I did the same thing because they moved that's in. That's why his like, slogan is literally Google Gary Johnson. <laughs> but by the way, when you Google Gary Johnson, he's not on the first three pages of <laughs> Google results. That's great. I have, I have a friend who felt disillusioned by Clinton, and she's always been a Clinton supporter. Um, but you know, the ugliness kind of got to her and she's like, I can't do it. I'm like, uh, look, I may have voted for Bernie in the primary. I didn't tell you to after the fact, but you know, I, I voted my conscience and I knew he wasn't going to win. I just wanted to stand in solidarity, but you know, Hillary, fine, we'll do it. But you telling me, she's like, well, have you listened to Gary Johnson? I'm like, oh no. So now I know that I have to have this conversation with her. And so thank you for giving Libertarian me... magic dust is how they solve every problem. <laughs> Girl. Yeah, fair I mean, <laughs> you don't have to like Hillary. It wasn't the most negative campaign. They didn't even run one negative ad during the entire Democratic primary. Nope. Nope. The Obama-Hillary primary was far more negative. Oh, yes, it was. The, the yes, 2004 was. primary with Dean Howard Dean and John Kerry was far more negative. This was a cakewalk. 
in comparison. Yeah. No. It's just that the there were very vocal Bernie fans who've come out of the more independent areas, and they have been the ones who have been the so... The internet puts it right in front the of The Young Turks yeah. and some of those other groups, they yeah. are just obnoxiously anti-Hillary. And I love these articles where you basically read about Hillary's credentials and how much of the negativity is just perception. You actually look at her policy making, her implementation. Expensive perception. Yeah. They have spent billions of dollars since 1991 when the Clintons first started running for national office to make us think that Hillary is an untrustworthy wench. Oh, yeah. um, and it's worked with a lot of people. If you look at what uh, a lot of the people online that you would think would be our people um, say about Hillary, it's the exact same stuff that right wing Republicans say about Hillary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the echo chamber and social media has made it so much worse. Uh, I love Carl, what you said, and I put it to several people, the whole, oh, well, you know, Bernie's this, whatever. Um, and, you know, Hillary, you can't trust her. And it's like Hillary has been vetted. She's been out there in the public eye for decades. These other people like Trump, who's been out in the public eye for decades in a different way. And even Bernie Sanders, like haven't been vetted they haven't really had anything you know exposed and you know what could they show and what not only vetted find? but she survived it uh, yeah right i mean they have thrown everything they can at her including the kitchen sink <laughs> and she has survived it yeah. and she had to do it in heels ah! you know pantsuit. <laughs> uh, right i mean this is a woman i mean when when barack obama was elected you know uh, african-americans got a lot of what gay people got after the supreme court decision right when all of our straight friends were like so mm-hmm. huh congratulations we <laughs> <laughs> got like the white people looking at him going huh huh as if obama was the first guy who ever could have been president that was african-american he's just the first one that white people were like okay um yeah I, uh chris uh chris rock was talking about it. he's like there have been lots of African-Americans who could have been president, right? He was just the first one to actually get through. Right. Uh, Hillary's the same thing. There have been many women who could have been president, mm-hmm. but it took a certain kind of woman to actually get through the BS that we put on them to make it to the finish line. Yeah. And people make all this production about how she's corrupt, and how she's pockets of Wall Street and all this stuff, and it's like you don't know how the system works. You have to play to your different constituents mm-hmm. you don't want to be corrupt and i don't think she is and taking speaking gigs that God, i would take a speaking gig if it paid a lot of money just to speak you know like that's not a why is that a sin why is that a crime but like she has made co- coalition she has made <laughs> her, her her network is like one of the biggest political yeah. organizations of all time and she supports down ticket downward tickets whereas trump doesn't fucking care about the ticket he no, he's uh, just salon called all of his state headquarters and only six of them had working phone numbers. Oh my god! But yep. the Hillary thing—it's—it's it's interesting because I don't necessarily think like the speeches are a thing. I think she just can't say what she really wants to say, yeah. and what she probably really wants to say is, "Look, I am a very famous woman, and these business people want my picture on their wall so that they can point at it and pretend like they're important and, and influential people. So they're willing to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a thirty-five minute speech for me. Would you turn down one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars for thirty minutes of your time? The other thing I would say is, I think. Most people that complain about that kind of stuff, yes, they don't understand how the system works. They might understand it and don't like it, but that's the system that we have. And we don't, you know, most of the time in this country, we move very slowly and pragmatically. Look at the gay rights movement. We moved very quickly in a short amount of time, but that was after 20 years of stagnation where we... Yep. The public was with us on all kinds of things. When you tell your straight friends that we can still get fired for being gay, 
they're shocked because they don't believe it. Or can't get blood. Or, or that yeah. we can't oh, get yeah. blood. They're oh. shocked because they don't believe it. Yeah. But they've been on our side on those issues for 20 years, and we still don't have the legislation to show for well, it. Well, in their defense, I think they won't take my blood because it usually has a lot of alcohol. Uh, <laughs> why is your blood cranberry? so... Yeah. It's flammable. <laughs> it's a lot of trash food for me. Right. So. so it's pragmatic. I mean, the reason that Hillary's not an exciting politician... She's not the best communicator, but no. she's also pragmatic. Yes. People don't get excited mm-hmm. by pragmatism. No. When she's like, I have a 19-point plan that will eventually get us to where we'd like to be. It'll take 16 years, but we'll get there. People are like, why don't we just have a revolution? <laughs> I want results now. Yep. Yeah. But I don't want to pay for them. Right. So I, I uh, it's a very interesting time. I do also want to touch on some of the civil unrest. While, again, I was up in Evansville, Indiana, several of the shootings were happening and we actually got into it a little bit in our discussions on how we could better minister to our brothers of, of all ethnicities and how coming from our backgrounds, a lot of us are white. Um, it's hard to always minister to their needs and see them and hear them and not just try to project our own life onto theirs and blah, blah, blah. And so it was like really good. We had a great discussion and unfortunately it was motivated by all this stuff going on. But my favorite thing is just the consistently ignorant and stupid all lives matter hashtag and it's kind of died down because i think a lot of places have sort of articulated why that's stupid there have been a lot of great examples on you know it's like the war on christmas you know or how about straight pride yeah straight pride is another great uh thing on that but uh i mean obviously the whole situation was and it's still very tense i mean there was a shooting today i believe in baton rouge Mm, yep and right uh, outside the police station so i don't know it's i don't know it's rough you know i there was somebody on my Facebook feed who I know. And it's not that I think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That like he and I would ever have conversations outside of the like the setups that we have, but he just he kind of started to rail against you know Black Lives Matter because he saw a video on Facebook and decided that you know Black Lives Matter is hurting the dream of Martin Luther King, and I was just so tired at the time. And I know I'm going to have to talk to him because here's how it goes. Martin Luther King was nonviolence, yes. But he knew that sometimes revolutions do happen. He respected Malcolm X. They had their differences, but he respected him nonetheless. Black Lives Matter does not mean that we say 
all lives don't matter. That's stupid. What we are saying is, in a system in society where we are oppressed across the board through housing, through opportunities, through education, being a part of underserved communities, where, you know, if you go to college, sometimes you are the first person in your family ever or in generations to make it. And even then, you still might not break the cycle of poverty. It is saying that through law enforcement, through prison systems, it seems as if our lives have no value. And when we say Black lives matter, we are not excluding other lives. It is saying that you need to put worth on our lives as Black men and women because our men are dying in the streets, our women are dying in the streets, our women are being forced to raise children by themselves because their boyfriends and husbands and partners were incarcerated through trumped up charges, have experienced police brutality time and time again. And, you know, this idea that if you're just nice to the police and you smile, that everything's going to be okay. And you got shot because obviously you did something wrong. What you did was you walked out the house in America as a black man. And when you got harassed by the police, which you've been taught not to trust because they are untrustworthy. Not all. Not all. At, I, I, I will never say that. Right. But when a system incarcerates a higher percentage of black men and women than any other race, <laughs> even though we only make up probably what, 15% of the population, maybe less, but we're higher than 60 to 70%, there's a problem. Yeah. And that's what Black Lives Matter is. That's very it means close. pay attention because this is fucked up and you act like we haven't been saying this for years. Exactly. We have cried, we have marched, we have cr like bled and we have died. And so now that we're angry, you're surprised. Now that we're angry, I think you need to calm down. No, fuck you. Yeah. No, and I, I, I've gotten into it with people for not, and I, you said that very well. I really hope people who may not have heard that presented that way because it's, 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 it's it. It's right there. And I think some people, they just don't hear that. They don't see that. They don't. They just see it as a disruption. Right. Yeah. Yep. You don't trust the police. Why don't you trust the police? And then now with these police shootings, which are awful, mm -hmm. and I don't think anyone would say that they're great except some wackos, but they're using that now as a way to go, oh, but here, look at this. Uh -huh. And it, it's not meant, it should not undercut the other, not, not, it's not even the other side, the Black Lives Matter group, because it has nothing to do with them. There's an empathy deficit in this country. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. It's, you know, largely the Republican Party and older white people that have zero empathy. So when somebody says, no, 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 all lives matter, it's easy to try and say they just don't get it. They're racist in some regard, whether they know it or not, because they're not out there when somebody says uh, support the troops saying you should support everybody. No. They're not out there, you know, reinterpreting the Bible when Jesus said, blessed are the, the poor, saying, well, blessed are everybody. Um, <laughs> it's like the, so, the analogy that's gone around, it's like going to the AIDS walk and screaming out, all diseases matter. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
it's stupidity. It's stupidity, mm-hmm. and you're right. It's an empathy deficit. Yeah. It's that's that's another great. Insight. You know, there's a senator from Ohio whose son came out, and all of a sudden he flipped around and said he supports marriage equality and non discrimination bills and stuff like that. And Rachel Maddow said, you know, I wish that his child was African American. I wish that his child was poor. <laughs> Because maybe he changes mind on some other important issues. I love Rachel yeah. Maddow. She's great. She was in a comic book. She yeah. was in Silver Surfer. It was fantastic. <laughs> All right. So I mean, if that's, I feel like we've done a great job of delving into these uh, these these and, issues. And Brian, yes. I want to say that I appreciate you know what you've said in in the past on Facebook recently. I think that you know sometimes when you and I have discussions, they come off really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't think you're you're smart enough not to get it. I think that sometimes the words you use aren't really what you mean. And so that's sometimes why I, I press you and you press me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because words mean things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, now you've got it. No, and I'll tell you, it is directly because of you and other friends of mine where I have seen, and, and on the trans issues as well, people like Stephanie from My Parents' Fear of Music and mm. other people who I have come into my life, I see these issues more directly because of you guys. And I, you, you like I said, we know each other. We're, we know we're, we mean well, but like it's the voice of vocabulary to it. Yeah, and like I, I, I totally agree with you. Like I think that I've come a long way on trans issues. Not that I thought I was bad at all. I just was ill-informed. And right. so like now that I, I you know, have more people in my life who consider themselves trans or queer, um, and please add whatever like verbiage that you need to, to umbrella, umbrella, um, yep. uh, umbrella term, um, star, yeah, a star. I like I know that you know if we don't protect each other, no one will protect us. Amen. Yep. So I'm I'm and you know I've, we've actually gotten really good feedback on our discussions too. So even though we get heated. People seem to love that and not just for the uh, obvious stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. So we are going to move on. We still have a little bit left to talk about some geeky stuff. But I do appreciate the political stuff. I really like that. I'm going to talk. Every time I see Carl, we talk. And it's it's so fun. Um, all right. So there have been some video games out there in the populace. In fact, literally out yep. there in your hands walking possibly into traffic or into at least <sighs> a tree. Or a dead body. <sighs> Or off a cliff, or you know, what, what are all the different? What places? other fatalities are associated with? But here's this? the thing: Pokemon Go. First of all, let's be honest; it's kind of like Ingress before it. Mm-hmm. It's a AR, you know, augmented reality the, kind of thing. It's the, the same company. Yeah, same company, Niantic. The maps for the portals from Ingress got imported. In. Are it's it's literally just a layover. So all yep. your Pokestops and gyms are a portal in Ingress. Yep. Um, so I started playing. So I was up in Evansville. My favorite parts of the game are certainly seeing what's around. Oh, look what's this. It's like, oh, is this Pokemon? I want to catch it. But also the AR part where you see the little guy on your screen and you take a picture of him overlaid on someone's junk or overlaid on, you know, doing yeah. something funny. And I'm something. waiting for the Tumblr for that. I, I, it's going to happen fact, any day that now. That came up and I, we started looking. I, I started looking there's, for it. There's a lot. I, I was made fun of. But, I mean, I want to see it. I, I'm sure it's going to be very entertaining. I saw a friend's diglet. So. His what? His diglet. Is that a thing? A yeah. diglet? Okay. Yeah. He's, he's going to evolve it into a duck trio. All right. As long as he doesn't get the Squirtles, yes. it's all good. The Squirtles are the thing. So anyway, if you've not played Pokemon Go, and I know, Jared, you've you played a little bit. I started playing Tuesday, yeah. 
Okay, you guys haven't. No, I found a pokey. I found a Pokemon in our bedroom. Oh yeah, and hit it with a ball. Oh, and how'd then, that go? Uh, and then I took the dog for a walk and didn't find anything, so I gave up. Oh, Oral, have you played it yet? I've you... been forced to play it. Oh, because as a, a working in a nerdy establishment. <laughs> We found out we were a Poke Stop day one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do you do at Poke Stops? You set off lures to attract other Pokemon uh-huh. that then in turn track, attracts trainers. And so now I was forced by my boss, because I didn't want to play, to download Pokemon Go, spend 20 of my actual goddamn dollars what? to buy Poke Coins. What? What do you do with those? To then buy lures. Okay. In-app purchases. Yeah, of yep. course. So I could set one off every time it went out, so more people would be attracted to the store. Well, business owners are capitalizing. That's what we're doing. I got reimbursed. I took that money right out of petty cash because I'm mm -mm, no, (laughs) no. Good for you. Um, Does this kind of feel like um, the episode of Star Trek: Next Generation where it's it's, yes, it's exactly that game and Wesley Crusher. Exactly, that's how I feel. That's exactly yeah. I've said that multiple times. My thing is this: I think that there are people who otherwise would sit on their butts playing their games and how in their indoors or wherever they are actually going out into the world and interacting and getting exercise and i think that's fantastic till sunglasses no- sales have gone through the roof oh. till, till november when the actual full pokemon game sun and moon comes out and then they're going to go right back inside which is possible so but for now for the summer i mean it is good you know for now everybody's playing the game the app itself, though, is pretty terrible. Oh my god! Like it's crashing all the time. They hack their databases, and bad. that's the thing. Like I don't, I don't think it's a bad game. Like I'm glad people are enjoying it. Yeah. I just grew out. Like I played three generations of Pokemon. Like yeah. I had Yellow, <laughs> Silver, and I played Emerald on an emulator. But then I got to Victory Road, and I'm just like, I just don't want to play anymore. I grew out of it. Yeah. And so, like, I'm glad people have like a bit of nostalgia. But fuck Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go could go fuck itself. <laughs> I let Pokemon go into my house. You know what Pokemon Go did? Pokemon Go, fuck my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Did he get the Squirtles? Actually, it was a Bulbasaur. I always started off grass type. Well, I will say I'm a virgin to Pokemon prior to this game. I know of Pokemon, of course, but I never played any of the games. Brian, the game's been out for almost 20 years. I know. 20 years. But it's 20 20 years. I'm 39. I was a little old when it Mm -hmm. first came here that's no excuse i'm just saying said the gamer i never got it just never appealed to me you get it you have spent hundreds of dollars on lego dimensions (laughs) (laughs) hundreds of dollars did you see the e3 trailer for all the extra you should see it but uh speaking of e3 oh well actually we'll we'll come back no we'll come back but uh evan's actually quite a gamer I'm really, I'm really not. Well, with one exception, one series. Yeah. I fell into love with the Uncharted series um, on my PlayStation 3. I recently have upgraded to PlayStation 4, um, which is, you know, eight years later. And it's amazing how much better it is. But I, I came with the three games, like, kind of up, upscaled, remastered, yeah. remastered yeah. and then um, I got the fourth one. Um, Carl likes to watch me play because it's like a movie. And he calls it Drake Ramore. <laughs> <laughs> Like from friends, um, and so we was trying to look something up for it. He was like, "What is this game actually called?" Because I'm googling Drake Ramore, and it's not coming up. 
Got plenty of TV gifts. <laughs> right. Oh. But anyway, so I just love it, and it's wonderful, and I'm sad that it's over, but it kind of seemed open-ended at the end, if I, I don't want to ruin well, it. Why but... would they kill off this cash cow that is Uncharted? Well, Seriously. They, they, I mean, they just said we had a story to tell. Like it got oh, bigger so they and bigger, are trying and, bigger to... and it's supposed to be the end. I know, but yeah. then the, at the epilogue with the girl, though, mm, the daughter, I'm yeah. thinking. So maybe. Who, who knows? Well, I've never played Uncharted, but it does. I've seen you play it actually, and it does look fun. Um. Oh, um, last last piece before we start E3. Uh huh. <sighs> no Man's Sky went gold. Did it? Nice. It finally went gold. Oh, good. So now I'm I'm stuck between this rock and a hard place. I have a very difficult decision. Do I wait? To buy, wait, wait till the NXs come out, knowing that I'm not going to buy an NX. Uh-huh. I'm just buy a PS4. Okay. Um, and that way, like, it'll drop in price, and then I could play all the No Man's Sky I want. Right. Or do I buy it right when it comes out? I don't know. I don't have a PS4. I don't know what to do with my life. I can't live in a so, world where this game is out and I don't play it. <laughs> so it's only for the PS4. And PC, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I, I mean, Steam account, though. Yeah, what about playing on the PC? Like, I don't have a PC that can handle it. Oh, no. Uh, well, if you're... Well, I don't know. There's a whole school of thought here. I would build a little cheapy game PC. But, I mean, PS4 is, what, 300 bucks, Right? Is that what it's going for yeah. these days? So, mm. yeah, it's that's a that's a tough call. I don't know. I don't know, but I want to play it, too. So, but yeah. <clears throat> but I don't have a PS4 yet. Can you watch porn on a PS4? I don't yes. See oh, you can. Porn. Yes, you ah! can. Okay, get a PS4. There you go. Yeah. So E3 happened, and of course our friends over at the Nerdy Show, they've covered this uh, more extensively, and we are going to cover it. But we did have a few touch points we want to talk about, things that we're excited about, basically. Uh, I will say, and I'll, I'll speak for Pat, although I'm sure he can chime in as well. I'm right here, boo. I can talk for myself. All right, so what are you most excited about? Well, the only thing I actually really saw was uh, the Zelda trailer for Breath of the Wild. How excited uh, are you? Uh, it looks pretty. Uh, it looks pretty. I'm okay. The only thing I'm concerned about is I'm, I'm going to rock my mic like I'm actually at, at karaoke, so I can not lean. Um, I love me some Zelda, but I also am a fan of Z targeting, and I'm a little worried that that's Wait, not going to be so, there. Do you have Navi this time? No, I don't think so. no. So, but it, I mean, it looks gorgeous. I'm interested to see how the gameplay is in comparison. So they they did a eight hour like a nonstop eight hour playthrough of the game. It's the okay. So there's a there's a lot of things up in the air about the game. Um, first of all, this Link that you are playing as is potentially a previous one from another game because he wakes up in some sort of cryo tube. So could be from uh, Ocarina of Time. Huge convoluted Zelda. Yeah. Oh my timeline. god! Get the Zelda hardcover and so, read the timeline. So there's that. Uh, you have a sort of tablet thing. Uh, so they've got the pseudo technology from uh, Twilight Princess in there. Um, the thing that I have a mix. So it's an open. It's complete open world. Uh, bigger than Skyrim. Bigger than Elder Scrolls. Bigger than all all of those games. Um, so that's kind of neat. And it's less linear because you can basically, as I read, go yes. right up to the end boss. You, you can go straight to Ganon and, and, and your underwear and be like, I'm going to take you out. However, they introduce weapon durability in the game, which weapon dur- durability to me is always a mixed bag because either you have it as just a mechanic for you to constantly upgrade your weapon or do something with your weapon, 
or your weapon breaks after every combo, yeah. which looks like to be the case, but everything can form, can function as a weapon in this. And they've done the durability thing in previous games, but it's yeah. been very basic and limited to and like shield or something. Yeah, and you can shield surf down down snow which and stuff like that, pretty cool. which also causes your weapon to get damaged. Um, you so, have to kill animals to make food. The, the food That's mechanic, kind of an interesting change. So from what I can tell, I think they still have the... The heart pieces, however, they're super scarce. Um, if you want to get a temporary health boost, which doesn't just heal you, it actually gives you temporary single hearts for use. Right. Just like an MMO gives you like a stat bonus. Exactly. Yeah. So, But just temporary. So once the heart's gone, it's gone. So that's where the cooking mechanic comes in. Um, it's weird. It feels like Legend of Zelda doing what other recent RPGs have done. It seems like they're going to do a good job with it. Yeah. There's just certain things from those RPGs that I'm like, I don't want that in my Zelda game. Yeah. But I don't want Zelda to turn into an RPG. Well, like that. Like I, I know it is. Like it's it's turning into it's, one. It's like a soft one. Simplified, streamlined. It, it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like Wild Arms 2 RPG, where it's an RPG, but not really like hardcore RPG. Yeah. But being a being a Zelda person from the get-go, you get so used to the way a game is, no matter how they change the it. I mean, yeah. you know, they, a lot of stuff changed as it went because of controls and all these different things, but it always felt like a Zelda game at heart. And I'm worried that with this game, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to lose that. And I'm going to be done with the, the franchise. It's a, str- it's a strong departure. This, uh, this game will either boost their fan base, reinvigorate or, the franchise, or, reinvigorate the yeah. franchise, or it will literally cut out their original players there. It'll cut out everybody like you and get a new fan base. And that, uh, that's just the people that have been playing all the new, newer stuff. Yeah. Another so, thing, uh, keep moving on. It, it came out as the, the NES, I call it the NES rebirth. Are you excited about the NES? It well, looks up, down, down, left, right, left, right. It the is. Like oh, yeah. Running. The problem is, and I, I've had this problem with those little fake Ataris that come with preloaded games. The, you start playing it and you realize, A, the games are awful back in the Atari area. But also the control is very stiff and not what I remember. Well, because yeah. those usually, from what I've seen, those aren't always like Atari didn't put these things out. Right. These are th- uh, yeah. third-party yeah. people putting together these little systems that have these games on it. This is coming straight from Nintendo yeah. with little mini NES gamepads. Yeah, and they, we get they fixed it a little again. bit so that there's natural stop points in all the games. Oh, which is good. And they learned yeah. a lot from the emulations they've been selling and it's, how they do that. So that's only 60 bucks, and it comes with like 20 Mega Man some 2 odd games. alone, I'm yeah. like, yeah. Metroid. How much? 60 bucks. Oh, girl, we yeah. getting one. <laughs> I already <laughs> said we get one when we were figured, in Promise Town. It connects by HDMI. So 60 bucks. Oh, bitch. I really figured. I'm getting one. Oh, my God. Like, and there's 30. Everybody games. in my family is getting one for Christmas this year. There's 30 games on it. They released a list of it, and it's mm-hmm. like the you first get, three Marios, uh, the first two of the four. Ca- Oh. You get Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3. And you okay. get Lost World. Ooh. Metroid, Mega oh. Man 2. Metroid's my jam. Uh, oh, Castlevania 2 and 3, I think, Ooh. are on it. Bubble ah. Bobble. Ah, Bubble Bobble. Yes. So yeah. that's, that comes out pretty soon, too, right? Sometime. I wish it had a Kari Warriors. We should have looked this up, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil 7. I know, Pat, you might be interested in this. I played that demo. Oh, How what? was it? it? Did you was... play it in VR? No, it was just like handheld PS4. But uh, does it was, work with the? With, does it work with an Oculus or a Samsung Gear? I don't know. No, I, I oh. think it'll, it'll the PlayStation only, one. The PlayStation VR. Damn, it's going to work with. 
But I've uh, I've been playing a Resident Evil game. It was uh it was it was pretty intense. I mean, it, it didn't quite feel like previous Resident Evil games because it kind of has like that uh, Walking Dead filter on it. But it's still pretty creepy as hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, Pat has the uh, Samsung VR. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. he got that with his phone, and I have played with some of the VR stuff mm. through work, and like. I think in the next year or two, it's going to be ridiculous with all the tools and games. I, I about a month ago, got to test out the HTC Vive. Vibes oh, that's amazing. fantastic. It was amazing. The Vive is probably the best. I one. was on a holodeck. Yeah. It was a holodeck. Did it you do was, the portal demo? Um, My friend did it. Okay. I played uh, Space Pirate Simulator. Uh-huh. I did the Universe Simulator, which felt like I was in Cosmos. Um, oh amazing. Did First thing do... I did was send a moon into the earth and call cosmic cataclysmic <laughs> event. Of course. Um, and for my artist, friend oh, you Jared, did the the painting one. I did tilt oh, brush. Awesome. Oh, so tilt much brush. Yeah. Like it almost that and the universal simulator mm. almost brought me to tears because wow. it's just it's amazing. Like it's just amazing because you know we live in a three D world, but anytime you do art, it's two D, mm. and so like. When I was writing out a message, you like just up in the sky, like I was, I was looking at it and they're like, or oh, you can like walk through it. And so I walked through it and I didn't realize that as I was writing things out, like I was moving backwards and forwards. And so like depth was there. Yeah. But when you look at it flat on, it makes sense. But right. like to see you how we around. write and how like we are now in a world where we can work in three dimensions, it was amazing. I'm very excited about that. There's a new God of War coming. Yes. Um, so they, the the trailer was interesting because uh, it's um, it, you just see this kid talking to his father, and it turns out his father's cr- like an older Kratos. Okay, so it's like a generational thing. Yeah, and it's it's Norse mythology. Um, okay, so it's Viking battle for Asgard. Mm-hmm. So you're not really sure because you're like the just in the clip you take you take essentially Kratos' son hunting. Um, for him to show off his skills and you get attacked by some Norse creature. The creature speaks in whatever language is indigenous to that area. I have no idea. Icelandic. Um, okay. Norse. Norse. Um, the, the, the kid can understand it. Okay. Kratos cannot. And the kid's actually part of the, part of the battle. Okay. So it, it's interesting and you don't, so it's not as fast paced as it was because he doesn't have those chain swords anymore. It's you literally just have an enchanted axe and your wits okay, and so this child that you're responsible for. Viking battle for Asgard. Possibly. Okay. So um, <laughs> so what's We Happy Few? I've heard of it, but I don't know. So We Happy Few is – I can't the, – the story about how this game got started because apparently somebody wanted to make this a game. It takes place in an alternate world where Germany took England in World War II. They, they took England – and so you're not really sure what the year is because where you live is kind of this sort of happy camp that people are sent to. And you take this stuff called joy. Everybody wears smiling masks. Everything's happy. Everything's good. And then something causes your character to reset. Okay. And so THX 1138. Yeah. And you, you can take yeah. your joy. You, you can take your joy. However, if you do that, you start hallucinating and your character just kind of goes on autopilot. Um, Interesting. From what I've seen of the gameplays, it's almost a little bit like um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Bioshock. Oh, the especially the animation and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're 
you work at the newspaper processing plant and you're editing the newspaper. Oh, so like Brazil. Oh, yeah. And 1984. And 1984, yeah. So you're editing the newspaper. Your boss comes in, tells you it's time to go to a birthday party. She starts to get upset, takes her joy. She's fine. And then she's like, have you not taken it? And you can lie or you can. Oh. Yeah. And so. That's cool. Things really get complicated when people find out you're not on your joy. Yeah, yeah. Because then it's like a manhunt. Sure. Everybody's after you. I like that. I like that. It sounds a lot like Bioshock. Uh, in the early part of Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. When you they realize you're anyway. Uh, should, I, should I play Bioshock? Is that good? Yes. I should play. I think Bioshock is probably one of my favorite video games of all time. What platform is this one on? This oh. is oh, which we happy few or yeah. I think it's I'm I know it's PC, but I think they're planning on releasing it on Xbox One and PS4. So yeah, probably like a lot of these games they'll come out on all platforms. Um, I'm gonna skip a couple just because I in the interest of time. They're making an Attack on Titan, another Attack on Titan game. This yeah. one's better, hopefully. Uh, yeah, this one is the one that apparently was released in Japan on the PS3, and they're doing an upscale okay. for PS4, and that actually comes out, I think, August. Okay. So just in a couple weeks. And they did finally announce the next season. Uh, it's not video game related, but I'm sure when it comes out, we'll be talking about it. I'm not listening to these lies. Just what? read the manga. Just these do it. Many, many. Even lies. if the second season comes out, it's going to be 20 years before. Oh. This second season has been coming out since the first season went off. They're like, we'll be back in like six months. Don't worry about it. At least they didn't that was like four a, years ago. Pull a Sailor Moon and just make shit up. Four years and an animated movie and two live action movies. Later, Ooh, huh? We didn't talk about Sailor Moon, by the way. We did finish Crystal <gasps> Season 3. We'll save that for next time. We have thoughts. Okay. I, I don't. South Park. In fact, we actually just talked to, at Bear Week, some of the developers of the Stick of Truth. I didn't ask them because I forgot if they're involved with the sequel, the Fractured Butt Hole. Which is a great play on words. <laughs> but um, I actually uh, kind of lied to them because I was like, yeah, I played Stick of Truth. It's great. I have not opened the box. Uh, uh, I do want to play it. I do fun. own it. But I have not. But I, everyone told me it was great. And I you know, believe them. Um, and then, so this new Spider-Man game? Yeah, and Insomniac Games uh, is coming out. It's just a standalone. It's its own story. Okay. Um, apparently. Which Spider-Man? Which like, one? Peter Parker? Peter. Okay. Yeah, Peter. Um, but it's standalone story. Um, all your favorite villains are there. Mm-hmm. All your least favorite ones are probably. Is there still anything there. like noteworthy about the game other than it's a Spider-Man game? Uh, like, is there some new gimmick? Is it's completely game? open world. Okay. So 100% open world. Um, like the entire, the entirety of New York. Um, so it's like uh, GTA or one of those guys. Uh, yeah, you can do whatever you want, and run around, yeah. solve the the papers. leveling tree. They said they said they're leveling. The leveling tree is fun and interesting. So there's all sorts of. Um, techniques and stuff Fun you can kind of and interesting. Yeah. The only way I'll believe that it's a completely open New York City is if I can take Spider Man to the New York City Eagle <laughs> for a rooftop party. Like that's the only way. If I can make my way down to 28th and 11th, I then I'm fine. I'm going to the elevator. You can't use the elevator. That's where the store is. Spider go in there though. We, we saw we saw some blowjobs at the rooftop it. of the Eagle in New York. Really? Just on the rooftop? Whoops. Well, that's where they were happening. I'm like, that's usually the second floor in the back corner. In the dark. Uh, um, well, if you wait long enough, security comes around and starts flashing. Don't put it away, boys. Put it away. Oh, what? Who is it? GTA that they did like a recreation of a gay pride parade recently? Did you guys yeah, see that? GTA. Yep, yeah. it was GTA. That was really cool. I think it was GTA Online. That was online really actually. cool. Um, also, I don't know if I mentioned this. I don't think I did. I went to the vigil. I've, well, we went to several vigils for the Pulse thing. But on Final Fantasy XIV, the organizers of the gay guild I'm in, Taint, did a vigil in-game 
I think it was the week after, and I attended it briefly, and it was oh, really nice. Touching. They did a really nice job. They had a bunch of people come out, and there's this really pretty part of the game where you stand like over this rock outcliff. And it was really neat, so I was glad to be a part of that, even though it was very brief. Um, okay, so let's move on to comic books, because we have, we have not given, and we're not really today going to give that much love to comics. We're running out of time, but we did want to touch on some big things happening in comics and some of the things that we're really excited about. Starting with Marvel, just because that's usually the first in my head. Civil War. No, we're going to oh. we're going to Captain America That's first. Right. That's right. <laughs> where that. where social media outrage That's is right. the norm, and then makes you want to bitch smack everybody because <sighs> Captain America number one came out. And Steve Rogers, Captain America. Steve, That's right. yeah, That's Steve right. Rogers, where the Cosmic Cube has given him back his youth. I don't really follow Captain America, but that's what I got the gist of from that's the first happened. episode. Yep. And they get through this whole thing, and it's this, this two different stories being told. It's current day, and Captain America going on a quest with, was it Jack, Jack Flag? Jack Flag and um, Liberty Girl? No, oh. Spirit. Spirit? Um like American Spirit. No, that's a cigarette brand. Uh, <laughs> older, older characters that I Teen realize. Spirit. Yeah. Who who used to be Bucky's. They were pretty much all Bucky's. Oh, yeah. So they've got that story. We are Bucky. That story going on. And then it's also showing like Steve as a child and his mom and the abusive relationship and this woman not helping. Not his mom, but his their Well not yeah, no, not his dad. abusive relationship. His mom's abusive relationship with his dad and this woman who helps kind of steer them. Out of that abusive relationship. Into the arms of Hydra. And then the final panel is Dr. Eric Solvig with a gag in his mouth because he was being kidnapped by... Who was it? Aaron Zemo. Zemo, yes. I forgot already because I didn't care. And then him saying the two words that set the nerd world on fire. Oh Hail Hydra. I love these moments. In oh... A, because people have, like, even though they a lot of them have read the comics for years, they know this. They know how this works. It's always a, a plot twist to pr- propel the storyline. Soap operas. And yet, what's that? Soap operas. It, totally. And yet, at the same time, they lose their mind because... We'll call them telenovelas because they eventually, like, those little stories end and then we move on. <laughs> but the internet, like, the people who either just don't care or don't bother to go back and look at the history where Captain America has done God, everything under the sun. And they lose their shit that Marvel would do this right now. They take you ruined my childhood. Yeah. You went back in time. I'm never, I'm never buying a comic again. I'm never reading a comic again. This is why I don't read comics anymore. I hate everyone. That's not what happened. We, right. we sold each and every one of them. Of course you did. People asked for three, and I told them one per customer. <laughs> Second issue, though, I thought was amazing. It, it was a little early. But there are scenes in there, with, so they explain what happened. Basically, it was Cosmic Cube put false memories in his head, ch- or changed reality. I'm not changed it's, reality. It's unclear, but basically fucked him up. And it's all about this little girl who's the Cosmic Cube incarnate. Because the the sh- the shard of the Cosmic Cube became friends with the Red Skull, and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> there was a scene, and I love where Red Skull Shoot does in inappropriate things. Red Skull is literally le- reading a, a bedtime story to the Cosmic Cube uh, child. It's hilarious. And I love this book. I love Nick Spencer. I'm really happy what he's doing. I, I would have maybe played that out later, you know. Well, but... see, but that's the thing is that, you know, we as the reader know, but it's not really integral to the story because nobody knows except right. for the that's Red true. Skull and Kobik, the, yeah. the Cube Girl. 
Like, mm. nobody else knows that Cap is now Hydra. Yeah. So they'll play that out for a way. Okay. Yeah. So and like, it doesn't mean he's always been Hydra. Of it course It just not. means that, no, right now he's Hydra. He well, there's apparently some promotional art being released with Miles holding the Captain America shield. Yeah, but that's in a different book, and I think that's for Could a different, be a different reason. Book. Um, okay, so that's Captain America. We had to get that out of the room. Now, so Civil War, um, issue three came out uh, as of this recording. Uh, so far, it's been kind of up till then a little boring. It's about it's basically Minority Report, right? Do you, if you knew how to predict the future, and you knew you could stop things that this person predicts, should you stop them before they happen? You know, should you hold somebody liable for something that they have not done yet, but we know because we have to see the future, they will do. I mean, it's a little bit less Minority Report because it's from a person, not a well, yeah, yeah, system. but the same idea. Well, like no, which is Minority kind of the Report. Problem. There were three people, remember? Wait, was it? Oh, that's three, right. Three uh, precogs. Yeah. yeah. And the ball and whatever um, else. I can tell you, this this is action-packed. Um, the third issue? Well, just all, all of, of it, it so far. Okay. Um, it's gorgeous. I yeah, don't The art's like beautiful. It. Marquez like... is killing it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a weird pace. It's not even that. Is that I... There was a time where I liked Bendis, uh, but he's really bombastic and just doesn't care about the little details. Right. Um. And he he literally killed, um, spoiler alert, he killed Rhodey for no reason. Yeah. Like, not only did he kill Rhodey, he had him talk to the president, who we all knew was Obama, and say, hey, I'm about to leave office. You really should think about running for office and eventually running for president. Right. Because you can't be um, a superhero for the rest of your life, but you know, you've served your country you're a dedicated humanitarian. You're a superhero. This would work. And they didn't even wait to assassinate assassinate him when he got in the office. They killed him. Like that same issue. It was, if I'm not mistaken. It was like a. Uh, it was in the zero it issue. Zero it was it. So it was the next issue. Yeah, alluded to it. Yeah, and then it's you just, read it. And, yeah. I'm just. I'm not a fan. Um, now should, it was. It's sloppy and lazy storytelling. The third issue is big because uh, basically this is the spoiler. Pat didn't want to hear. Long-time Avenger, the Incredible Hulk, who is Bruce Banner, who's not been the Incredible Hulk for a while, um, is shot through the head by Hawkeye, who basically said, hey, or he, you know, they worked this thing out where he's like, look, if I'm about to turn into the Hulk again, you need to take me out. So, you know, Hawkeye wasn't just doing this to save, you know, whatever, but like, because that was his, that, his deal with his friend. And I guess in the issue, it, you know, he starts to turn or there's something where it suggests that he's going to and. So, you know, again, is this a big thing? It's another tentpole of this, this series. I just don't know where it's going. And I know they start releasing promotional stuff for the after. You're starting to see promotion and, and uh, stuff about what happens with Iron Man, which I'm interested in, mm-hmm. because that'll be nice to see different Iron Man sort of things. But I just, I don't know. I agree, Oral. It's just been really eh, mixed, not not not. Mixed. And then the tie-ins don't even really directly tie in a lot. They're very loose tie-ins, which is, you know, yeah. sales. Um DC has been going through a bit of a rebirth. Um, called rebirth. It's called rebirth, and I actually think this is probably one of the best things DC's done in forever. Uh, the rebirth issue itself was fantastic. I think we all kind of touched on that maybe briefly mm-hmm. before, uh, but certainly, certainly love what they're doing. Jeff Johns, of course, you know, knows his DC. But as far as the titles that have come out of Rebirth, uh, I would be interested in like you know Oral and BJ or whoever else has read them. What What are your favorite things coming out of Rebirth? Uh, I actually, I like the Flash. Okay, that's I been really like... it, it, it touches of the TV show, but not too much. Yeah, um, and, and Future Quest is actually good. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But um, Oral, what about you? Um, I have to say, Detective Comics has yes. really kind of hooked me. Um, I 
Wonder Woman's all right. I just don't know where it's going, but that's right. fine. Yeah. Um, Green Lanterns, I like a lot. Yeah. Um, the Howl book was fine. That just came out this week. Um, Aquaman is resetting the like the status quo, mm-hmm. but I think um, Detective has been awesome. Is that uh, which one's that? Is that the Gotham and Gotham Girl? No, that's, that's Batman. One? This one okay. is with uh, Batwoman, yes. Tim Drake. Yeah, and they're using they basically have a danger room that's made out of Clayface, which is hilarious. I yeah. love that idea. Oh, yeah. uh, that's James Tennyson's book. Yes, uh, I'm actually really enjoying the uh, Gotham Gotham Girl thing. Uh, but I've heard Tom King talking about what he's going to plan to do, and it's it's interesting. My favorite thing to come out of Rebirth so far has been Superman. Um, Superman and action have both yes. been. I love action. Super uh, Both. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, not Monkey Gleason. Um, oh, man. Tomasi. Uh, and uh, Jurgens. They are writing the old pre-Flashpoint Superman as he's basically taken over. So the Superman we've all known for forever is back in the role of Superman. But it's not just that simple, right? Because... He's not the 52 Superman who was killed off in a thing. And Lex Luthor is also now Superman of a sort. Super Lex. Super Lex. Um, plus you have the new Chinese Superman, which came out. The which new Superman, yeah. I've heard is also fantastic. That was a lot of fun. From Jin Lu Yang. Um, so Superman's like having a little bit of a resurgence. And I, I do want to know, and I guess it's in Flash somewhat, the whole overarching Watchmen thing. We'll get to it eventually. Yeah, it's not something, but I think the Flash book's the one that they're kind of keeping it at least in the background so you don't forget. Actually, it'll probably be Titans. Oh, is it Titans? It, that's it'll probably Barry be Titans because and... Flash isn't really dealing with it right now, oh, okay. but that did. seems like the big thing for Titans. Okay. Uh, but Rebirth, the other thing that's amazing about Rebirth is DC has gone away from the house style. So you see artists that would not normally have done the same kind of books they're doing. Doing in the new 50, the new fifty two the rebirth DC, yes. which is so awesome because DC was getting a real bad rep for having this awful, consistently sort of whatever house art style that just was yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been great. My favorite, well, is this a rebirth related? But another DC title, Future Quest. <laughs> that book is beautiful. Evan Doc Shaner is ra- uh, drawing it, and I, I forgot who the writer. My childhood. Um, yeah, but it's Space Ghost. It's uh, Johnny, Johnny Quest. Space Ghost, the Herculoids, Johnny Quest, Midor, Birdman, um, Doctor Zen from uh, from Johnny Quest. From Johnny Quest, yeah. it's it's been a lot of fun. And uh, uh, so Shaner's drawing and Parker, uh, Jeff Parker's writing. It's fantastic. One of the best of those um, particular books that have uh, the, the not WB. What is it? Uh, Hanna Barbera. Yeah, um, Scooby Doo. Uh, Scooby Apocalypse is is fine. Yeah. Um, I really like Wacky Raceland because yeah. it's the art. Uh, one of the art directors from Mad Max, oh. Fury Road, mm-hmm. doing Wacky Races. Um, but really, my favorite, and I thought it would be Future Quest um, and Wacky Raceland, it's actually the Flintstones. See, I haven't read that one yet. Oh, I yeah. I heard that was very uh, interesting. It's amazing. Okay, I got to get that when I go back to store. I, I read a sample of that, and I was, I was beside myself. I love the covers. I know Amanda mm-hmm. Connors did the covers. Um, another it's, book. It's Mad Max meets the Flintstones. Yeah. Okay. I mean, not Mad Max, Mad Men. Sorry. Mad Men, yeah, yeah. Um, Poison Ivy, the six-issue series by Amy Chu. I read, like, most of it. I it, didn't read the last it two It just issues. wrapped, and it was really strong, and they left it open-ended, and maybe Amy was very coy when I talked to her at... Where did I talk to her? Heroes? Megacon. Hmm. That they might have her come back and do another... Do another. So, I don't know. If that's not confirmed. That's just something. But she, she did a great job with that. I'm really happy with it. So, of course, there are other publishers out there. Uh, we're just going to touch briefly on some indie books that we love. I... Uh, Freaking loved Merry Men. 
Um, and the names are going to escape me. But the cover I got is the best cover. It's the Ed Luce cover from Lovable Oaf. It has a giant Friar Tuck, maybe, I It's think. not uh, Little John. It's, oh, Little John. You're right. Little yeah. John. You're right. I don't know. It's the angle. We can't see if it's yeah, Little John. It's Little well, John. And then a very small Robin uh, legs kind of dangling. Mm. Basically, the premise of the book is Robin Hood and his Merry Men were all gay or uh, LGBT. And so it's playing off their kind of being outsiders to the community. And yet they're trying to help people. And it's the only one issue come out from Robert Rohde and Jackie Lewis. It's an Oni book. Um, if your store doesn't have it, you can always ask for it. Um, have them order it. But, you know, the art's great. It's cute. It's an interesting take on the whole, you know, thing with LGBT. And it's rooted in some history. Actually, at the end of the issue, it has some back matter that talks about um, people from that period and their relationships and, you know, sort of grounds it a little bit. So I really enjoyed that. What about you guys? What else? Uh, I Hate Fairyland. Number Came six. back after a brief hiatus. Totally changing the direction of what they were going to do um, with everything. And that's uh, kind of resetting everything back to Gert kind of just being an evil, evil little girl. Because she was queen for a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, I love how I love how issue six kind of started out with kind of like her just kind of embracing it in her head. Uh-huh. And then she's just so bad at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that book was fantastic. The Spire just wrapped up. Uh, Eisner nominated a uh, book from, oh gosh, I think it's Boom, uh, by, uh, I think it's and I gotta check the art. Um, I love this book. If you are a Miyazaki fan and you did not know about this thing, it is very Miyazaki influenced. Jeff Stokely did the art from Six Gun Gorilla. It's a great complete story. The world building is fantastic. The original pages are now up on Cadence, I think. Oh my god, I was so tempted. Um, the arch is, again, Miyazaki bleeds through this and very Nausicaa. I think I've mentioned it before, but again, I highly recommend checking that out when the trade comes out. And then Jupiter's Legacy is finally back with gorgeous Frank Quietly art, uh, by Mark Miller after he did the Jupiter's, uh, circle. Was that the pre, I forgot, or was the Jupiter's circle was the Jupiter's circle was the, the background on the yeah, character. The, yeah. the, the, the prequel. Yeah, and, and that actually I want to go back and reread now that Jupiter's Legacy is back because I forget which of the characters are related and what the stories are. It's a generational kind of like I would say Watchmen because people keep throwing that around, but it's a generational superhero story and it's it's very good and it's very pretty. Uh, so that's another great indie book. Uh, any other books before we wrap this up? Black Science is awesome. Yes, everyone should be reading Black Science by Remender and Deadly Class. I'm still waiting for that next issue. I gotta finish that. I'm reading the Olympians uh, second Percy Jackson series. Oh, um, which is good. The the book or the comic? The book. Okay, because yeah. I think they made a comic. Oh, did they? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm reading the yeah the books. Okay. Oh, if we're gonna talk about real books, I've been reading. Um, uh, I read the Name of the Wind. Oh. Uh, by Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, heard I it's just great. It's super good. Yeah. Um, kind of like an autobiography of like this the most uh revered and renowned like an infamous wizard and knight that this world has ever seen um it's super cool it's told in retrospect and i just started the second book today so let's transition that into what's making us it's giving us life this week i almost said the other one uh our one-ups <laughs> for the week this is our segment where we basically say what is making us uh, what is giving us life i kind of keep wanting to do that um <laughs> i will start and in that same vein as I pull up the uh, the book 
cover just so I get the name right. I found this on NPR. It's a Korean recipe cookbook, but presented as a comic book. Uh, it is from Robin Ha. It's called Cook Korean, and it is beautiful. Like she does a great job of illustrating uh, Korean culture and Korean ingredients, and and it's a it's a cookbook, so you can go through and follow it and learn how to uh, make Korean food. Uh, so I intend to make some of these recipes. Hopefully, maybe I'll even make them prior to our future recordings. Okay, so you guys can okay. try my Korean. If you come out with just illustrations of some things you say you cooked, people are going to be very hungry and angry. <laughs> oh, angry. Yeah. Um, but no, I highly recommend that, and it just came out uh, very recently. So, uh, BJ. Um, actually, mine's food related as well. Uh, two weeks ago, the second season of Food Wars, so Geki no Soma came out. Um, so what? Yeah, yeah. The episode three came out yesterday. Oh, you son of a bitch! So is it on Hulu? It's on, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Somebody is just posting them on YouTube, and they have no problem with it there. So no, do I? Yeah, no. It's it's fantastic, and there is a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure reference in episode two. So I am nice, completely nice. on board nice. with this season. Nice. You're right. I talked. Oh, I talked about the book that I'm reading. Um. Yeah, so that'll be my one-up. Sorry, I jumped the gun. Your show. Oh, actually, that's not making me... That's not my one-up. That's not giving me, like... It's terrifying me, but I'll talk about it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm on um, a new podcast called Stupid Popcast. It's a lot of fun. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a link to put in the notes. Uh, we have a subset. It's kind of like this, but it's more kind of like dude bro-y, I guess. Okay. Um, there are three of us. Uh, it's cool. I get to do a lot of things. I get to learn a lot of things that I don't normally have a lot of, not necessarily interest in, just not a lot of experience in. Um, and there's a second, like, sub-series called What's Eating Oral, where um, I'm forced to watch zombie movies uh, and do reviews on them. And it is terrifying, and I don't do very well. And at one point, I literally said during Night of the Living Dead, um, where they're like, Oh, this girl, she's real sick. He's like, my daughter's sick and she needs a, she needs a doctor. And at that point, I had seen so many zombies, I didn't trust anybody. And I just screamed, kill the little white bitch. Just kill the little white bitch. Excellent. So it's not. So, yes, that's, I guess, what's my one up. I do love that. Jared? Um, Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh. What's that? It's oh yes, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it hasn't come out yet, right? No, it's it's not out yet. But I I just saw the trailer for it the other day, and I had heard nothing about it at all up until yesterday. So uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, it's the same people who did Box Trolls, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, we saw the trailer in front of whatever we just saw a little few a while ago, mm-hmm. and it was yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Evan. Megan Trainer's song Me Too. <laughs> Uh, it came on last night at the it club. was it made me so happy i love that stupid damn song <laughs> i know it's dumb but i love it it's your summer anthem it, it's one of them one, one of, of them, them you're right them. also being here with you guys oh, oh. yeah oh. Uh, <laughs> a rainbow uh, oh ooh. good call back good call back uh carl uh, my one up is vacations. Yeah. Um, I didn't used to take a lot of vacations and now I take a couple a year and I very much think they imp- are important for my mental sanity and I love being out and about. Uh, and it's been really great being in Florida this past couple days. 
I completely second your opinion on vacations I, I and your you, back. Sir. I used to never like it's been a while, so it was very lovely. Pat, what do you have? Your one up. Hey, I gotta remember this time. Yay! <laughs> I was gonna say it too. Shade. My one up is shade. <laughs> I was just waiting to see if he'd remember. Uh, Yo, bitch, I never forget. I'm like an elephant in size and memory. Oh, no. Everyone so, just beat me to the punchline. God damn it. <laughs> um, well, obviously, Bear Week, um, I think, was probably the most obvious. Getting to go up to Provincetown and stay in a hotel as opposed to my car again um, was definitely a, a great thing. Um, it happens. When you're trying to do P-Town on a budget, you'll pay not a lot to go stay at a campground and sleep in your car for five nights. It's all right. Um, so getting to actually share Bear Week with Brian for his first time was fantastic. Oh, no. uh, as well as Chris getting him to go on his first ever like real vacation uh, was really awesome. He flew on an aeroplane. Man, wicked things. Um, and I think... The and and I will second the fact that the uh, the best show was Trixie's. So Trixie Mattel's ages three and up and Matt Albers concert um, tie for what is giving me life. I also want to say if you have not seen the Mystery Science Theater reunion show, there is one more chance to see it. I believe before this comes out. What's that? I, th- I think so. It was freaking hilarious. They brought all the original cast members back together to do basically a riff tracks because it was riff tracks that did it, and they introduced the new guy, um, Jonah Ray, doing the riffing. So if you are a big Mystery Science Theater fan, please go check it out. It's like one of those uh, not live now, but it's on in the movie theater streamed. So fathom, fathom, fathom. Yes. Fathom. So I also want to say, if you have not checked out the news on Nerdy Show, we did hit our our thousand dollar Patreon goal, which is fantastic. That is how we get money uh, for our various efforts and 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 the, and the network and pays for the server and all that stuff. So Patreon does mean a lot. We are still gonna. We promise we will have some separate content very soon. But uh, we will uh, we will talk about that uh, in the future. We also had a lovely review on iTunes, and we're not going to read it. But if you go up on iTunes, we do see those reviews and the stars, even just just the rating, like the stars, give us a lot of visibility on iTunes. So we really appreciate everyone who's rate and reviewed us there on SoundCloud, of course, our, our our platform of choice. We love seeing comments in the feed. We love people sharing it. Our friends at uh, the Bearded Fruit podcast have shared our shows recently, and we're very happy that they're listening and they're liking what they hear. And we do love hearing from you. Again, all of us have emails at Flame On Show, uh, and we get the Facebook messages right away, and we try to respond quickly. So please, flameonshow.com. All our social media is listed there, but basically it's Flame On Show everywhere except Flame On Podcast on the Twitter. And on that note... I'm doing it. Just, just say, bring say it. Back. Say it. Flame off. Thanks for listening to Flame On, presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. Flame On was created by Brian Pittert and is engineered by Pat O'Rourke. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. 
For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all your favorite social networks. You can follow us at Flame On Podcasts on Twitter or Flame On Show on Facebook and Tumblr. Or you might even see some of us on your favorite gay hookup apps. Just keep an eye out. If it's gay and geeky, we've got you covered. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 